Well, hello. Welcome to Monday. And yes, this is Radio Free Professional Wrestling. And it's a very exciting day for Radio Free Professional Wrestling. As we introduce our brand new official co-host of the show, the person who probably would be able to fill the shoes of David the Smart Mark and has gotten David's approval. I give you Ashley. If you have been listening to our double clothesline podcast, you know she knows her wrestling from A to Z. Ashley, welcome to the main show and welcome to the, your new chair. Thank you. Oh, it's quite an introduction. <laughs> you know, this is a interesting week to bring you on because AEW just kicked it out of the park with, with Grand Slam and the WWE is up to the same old tricks again where, oh, hey, we're getting $4.1 billion for SmackDown and we're letting 20 professional wrestlers go at the same time. Yeah, that's a tough call. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to focus on the positive here for a minute. Yeah, AEW kind of knocked it out of the park this week. They had Dynamite, which was great. The two-hour Rampage, which was great, and then Collision, which has been basically on a tear since it started. WWE. It sucks for anybody who got let go for sure, but it certainly isn't the end anymore when you get let go. Um, a lot of indies are really doing well. You can, there's options with AEW and Impact and even New Japan. Like, it's not the end. L- look at some of the people who have thrived on the Indies. Look at Matt Cardonos. He, you know, like, just an example. He's killing it right now. It's not the end. Everybody out there has an opportunity waiting for them in their, in when there's 60 days, 90 days, whatever it may be, is up. Just keep your chins up and opportunities will come. You know, actually, I was looking at the list of people who got released. And the biggest surprise to me was probably Musafa Ali because he was down in NXT. He literally had a match coming up this weekend at NXT No Mercy against Dominic Mysterio for the North American Championship. And when that name dropped, I was going like, wow. We got looking into it. Apparently, some people at behind the scenes at Fox or in the WWE were a little bit concerned about the promo we saw a few weeks ago of him being a political figure trying to win over all of us viewers to want him to be the North American champion as he was going to be a brand new era to North American champion. And I was like, Ashley, this is an amazing promo. This guy knows what he's doing. We should be pushing this guy to the moon. Yeah, he had um quite, uh, quite a few promos coming out um trying to get some traction for, for like a character on TV. I remember like maybe like a year or so ago and they, they went pretty viral on, on Twitter and stuff like that. And these were really good promos. I don't, I mean, maybe it was too political for, for or overtly political, I'll say, for WWE to want to put on TV. But I thought they were really great. And I think they should have like really tried something with that character. It sucks to kind of see him get let go because he does seem to be so great on the mic. And I've seen like the match with Buddy Murphy and stuff. So like there's talent there. That that dude, that's a dude I I would strongly consider bringing into possibly AEW. Oh, and a heartbeat. And another person that I want AEW to knock on the door of is Shelton Benjamin. This dude has spent an entire two cycles in WWE. We saw him in the, the early 2000s with um, Troy, Troy Haas and Kurt Angle as Team Angle. Yes. For his tag team. Then he goes with Charlie Hustler to ROH. They kill it in ROH. They bring him back to WWE. He had a zip with the Hurt Business, one of the best factions in WWE in a long time. And they let this guy go. I think the theme here of all these releases is people besides Ali and Dana Book had been on TV in like the last six months or so. Yeah, and I think that's 
probably a large factor in the decision that was made. And you're spot on with Shelton Benjamin because that's a dude that can he can still go out there and put on a match. And he's a great dude to have behind the scenes working and helping, um, you know, behind the scenes, maybe like with like, you know, helping produce matches and stuff like that. That would be great. And the biggest name probably for all of us wrestling fans is Dolph Ziggler. Everybody's favorite one time WWE World Heavyweight Champion Dolph Ziggler got let go. And I'm going like, fine, he could probably be better off either doing his comedy career or, hey, AEW, sign this dude because his brother's already there. Yeah, yeah. Actually, um, Ryan had tweeted something out like maybe two days before the announcement of like a picture of him and, and Dolph with like the AEW belts on them. And everybody was kind of like, oh, and then two days later that happened. And everybody's like, oh, now now that kind of makes sense. And I could see him coming in. Uh, that dude's kind of ageless. Like <laughs> he's been around for such a long time. Still phenomenal shape. He still goes out there and performs like 10 years ago, 15 years ago when he started. Yeah. Another dude who's just put in a lot of work and it, it, kind of a kind of a sucky ending for it. But. You know, like I said, plenty of opportunities will come. He's too good to to kind of fail, so. Well, you know, when you have the endorsement of John Cena and The Rock, pretty sure you're going to be pretty well off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's a, Those are some names to have behind you. The one person that I really felt bad for was Emma. If you actually look on her Twitter account about an hour before she were released, she was so happy to announce that WWE was heading to Perth, Australia in 2024. The elimination chamber and she tweeted this out and she had to come back and retweet oops i'm sorry i'm released i'm like oh no i felt so bad for her yeah that's that sucks man so we are gonna go over to our stunning six questions and debate some of the best topics coming out of last week's of professional wrestling it's time for the stunning six question all the whys and what have they done now Hopefully, David and Sean can make sense of it. And my first stunning question to you. We thought all the releases were done on Thursday. During SmackDown Friday night, we got another release, and it was a big name. It was Matt Riddle. Now, Grant, Matt Riddle probably has burnt a lot of bridges in WWE, and since the merger with Endeavor and WWE came together, maybe the people at Endeavor didn't want to deal with Matt Riddle. But actually, my question to you is, should Tony Khan take a look at Matt Riddle, bring him into AEW, maybe? Um, I'm not exactly sure on that one. You're right about it. I think the merger kind of hurt him because I know he's had issues with like UFC and stuff in the past and Dana White. So that probably was a kind of a factor in that. There was there was kind of some immediate backlash on my timeline of Tony Khan, don't do it, which kind of worries me. <laughs> I'm not sure. What do you what do you think? You know, I've been debating this the whole weekend. I'm thinking like I know he has a lot of personal issues. I know he's been a pain in the butt for the WWE at times. And I was still on the fence. There's part of me who wants to see him in AEW, but we just got done with CM Punk and Tony Khan, and I could see this going down the same road with Matt Riddle and Tony Khan. If that's the kind of road we're talking, that's not that's not what we need. Exactly. I feel like we had enough drama for AEW for maybe two years. So maybe let's let Matt Riddle go on the independent scene for a while. Yeah. Hey, like I said, it's it's not the worst thing. And as much as sometimes, you know, people don't want to admit it. Like, I, I think, you know, AEW will always try to help out these 
like local promotions, sending out dudes like Sting and, and Darby Allen and stuff to little local promotions is always going to help these places and it's always going to make everything more popular. So that's why it's it's working. It's it's kind of more of a, it's not a boom, but, you know, it's more popular than it was at least. Well, you know, it's not like back in 2020 when they started doing the releases right at the beginning of the pandemic because now we have AEW thriving, getting a new deal with Wonder Brothers of Sudbury. You have like, independence like in england you got progress prestige is a local uh, uh, an indie promotion that's killing it they're always putting on great shows yeah you got game changing wrestling here you have places you have impact impact is like killing it people don't like to admit they're killing it but they're selling out like every one of their shows it's not nothing like <laughs> like that people are interested and people want to be there which means they could probably sell out a bigger place if they were putting in you know if they could do it Exactly. And Macrodonut, like you said, is the basic culture child, like an independent non-WWE AEW contract. The dude goes wherever he wants to, he wrestles, and the dude is just killing it anywhere. So let's move on to our second Sunday question. Now, coming out of AEW Rampage, the second part of Grand Slam, we had a Ring of Honor trio world title match between the Gates of Agony and the Young Bucks and Hangman Adam Page. It was a fine match. I enjoyed it. I watched it Saturday morning. I know some fans are saying, why did the Hangman and the Young Bucks need these titles? I kind of think it's cool to have these guys from the upper tier of AEW to have Rhea Honor titles to get more eyes to Rhea Honor. Yeah, that was kind of my thought. It kind of seemed like when they put the ROH title on Jericho, when it seemed like maybe they were pitching ROH for TV or something. Um, I don't know if maybe they're trying to maybe bundle it or something with AEW in the in the streaming process to kind of put, you know, both promotions on one spot. I don't know if they're still attempting to get ROH a TV deal. Um, they do seem to have their titles on some high profile people, though, right now. So it would make sense. One thing is, like, you look at the Gates of Agony. They were a fine Ram Honor trio champion group with the addition of Byron Cage. Those three hosses are good. I love them with first wrestling in that group, but who's going to beat them? And you got a team here, the Elite with the Young Bucks and Hangman Adam Page. They should beat this trio. And I think like Grand Slam, you wanted the Young Bucks and Hangman to go over. I don't think they wanted to send the crowd home not happy. Yeah, I think that was just like an experience over power type of thing. I think uh, this this may mean, may mean my Hangman may be losing at wrestling. <laughs> Uh, we'll get there because I'm interested in that match. There's another match on that card that I know me, you both wanted to see and probably going to give gonna 50 bucks again. Yep, because this whole card is nuts. Okay, so we're moving on to our third sending question of the week. Actually, I want to go back to WWE for a moment because Booker T made a statement on his podcast kind of referring to Dolph basically... The lighter part of Dolph Zitter's career, he was kind of on cruise control and he basically said... You know, if you don't evolve and change with the times, then time is going to leave you on to the wayside. Me, personally, I can see where Booker's coming from. But at the same time, I feel like if you hit your head on that glass ceiling so many times, the point where you're going like, this is my spot. They don't want to do that much with me. So let me collect the paycheck and let me do some things on the side. And I feel like that's what Doc did. Yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of spot on. You kind of realize when you've hit your potential um, and... 
WWE, I don't think, is very shy about letting you know when you've hit your potential. So you want to call it coasting, still going out there and having some of the best matches, then I mean, his coasting is better than most people's trying. So <laughs> I don't think it's yeah. necessarily like the worst. You know, I kept thinking about this when I read this um, comment from Booker. And I'm going like, Booker T, do you remember when you came into the WWE from WCW? It took you a while to get started. I mean, I feel like he got going with the King Booker gimmick, and that got him over to the WWE crowd. But besides that, I mean, Booker T's career in WWE doesn't hold a handle to what Dolph did. Yeah, and I think he could have, but honestly, like, they had, I think, the one chance with him at WrestleMania, and they kind of blew that. And I think that could have been a big moment for Booker. True, very true. Let's go ahead and we'll move on to our next Sunday question as we're coming up to Sunday question number four. Back on Wednesday night, AEW had their Grand Slam event and yet again they hit it out of the park. Actually, the first match was Eddie Kingston versus Claudio Casanoli, title for title. Did this match live up to the hype? Oh my god, for me, yes. Hard hitting is exactly what I expected and these two dudes beat the hell out of each other. Claudio's chest looked ground me after. <laughs> Ashley, I was like watching this match going like, this is a match between two people who dislike each other and they're convincing everybody in the crowd that they don't like each other whatsoever. And Claudio is so good and I feel like he needs to run that AEW world title. I feel like he's graduated from Rio Honor World Champion. He needs to be challenging for the AEW world title now. Yeah, I would love to see that Claudio and MJF going at it. That would be a good match. Let's let's get that on a pay-per-view soon. Exactly. And I was so happy for Eddie Kingston to win it in New York City. You could tell that he was so happy. I feel like probably his biggest moment in professional wrestling, you think about it, since he came to AEW. Yeah, no, no doubt. Especially like before, like before he started in AEW talking about possibly having to like retire and selling all his gear and stuff like that. Like, that dude just had one of the best moments anybody could have in professional wrestling from his hometown crowd. And then he's just, he's going to kill it as Ring of Honor champion. I'm excited. And I know over the weekend that Eddie Kisa has announced that he's no longer taking independent bookings due to the fact that he's currently the ROH World Heavyweight Champion and also never open weight NJPW champion. So he's tied up between New Japan and AEW and Real Honor. So he's not going to take no independent bookings for a while. Makes sense. You know, I, I know both companies when you go now you got the responsibility of being a champion in two companies, they're going to be wanting you to, you know, to be like their face there. So, so excited for Eddie King saying I can't wait to see what happens with him next. And we're going to talk about what he's going to be doing, say, in about six days from now later on in the show. OK, let's go to the fifth stunning question. How do you feel about this past Saturday night? Finally, father of the year, Chris and Cage. Legitimately is your TNT champion. And oh, by the way, Lucasaurus finally got to touch his title for about 30 seconds in this triple threat match. And the person that Christian in for this title was Lucasaurus. Yeah, I'm all for Christian being the champion. This this dude's been killing it. He deserves it. Everybody chanting that to your belt. Lucasaurus still kind of looking a little confused. I don't know about Lucasaurus still staying with him. I guess he's going to stay with them for now. Um, if we're going to kind of keep them together, okay. Let's see what he can do as the muscle. Um, but I'm definitely 110% for Christian Cage having this belt. 
And I'm very excited for this two out of three falls match. You know, that's the only part of this match from Saturday night I wasn't totally on board with. I was cool with the way they got Christian to title. I mean, like, I saw this coming. I was like, this is a way to keep Christian going with this gimmick of him being the TNT champion. And now he actually is the TNT champion. But I wanted Lucy's Swords to either just walk away from Christian after Christian turned around and tried to hug him, and he just pushed him away. Or when he had him up on his shoulders, have him turn then, have him turn babyface now, and just, like, lay out Christian and walk away. To me, him surveying with Christian, and Christian making him do all these, like, raising his hand, putting him on his shoulder, it just makes Lucy sort of look like he's just a geek to me. Like, we, we mentioned a couple of weeks ago... Even just a little bit of tension, you know, like have Luchasaurus look at him or, you know, like have him kind of show that he might hit him or something. And they haven't really done anything. Luchasaurus just kind of taken whatever Christian has dealt him. Yeah. And I got a feeling now the way how Christian basically dedicated the match to the memory of Nick Wayne's father and dedicated to his mother. I feel like we're going to get this Nick Wayne versus Christian TNT championship feud coming up next. Just what a menace. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm for it. Nick, Nick Wayne is is very good. Yeah, and you know, you talk about it, he helped Sting and Darby Allen get their win on Rampage Friday night, and I had a feeling that he might pop up again Saturday night to help Darby, since it was going to be literally a 201 match against Christian and the Source, but they didn't have that happen. So I was like, okay. Then Christian threw those barbs in. I'm going like, this might be the next person. I honestly thought it was going to be Nick Wayne versus Christian at Wrestle Dream because it's in Seattle, Washington. That's Nick Wayne's hometown, basically. Yeah, that could have been a good match. But I, I understand why they're going with Darby. I, I hope uh, Christian pulls it off, though. I want to see Christian stay the champ for now. True. I feel like Darby is very above this TNT title, and I'm hoping that this two out of three fall match is his send off from the TNT title level. And we can move them up to maybe the international title, maybe. Yeah, I kind of feel like we made it a little more relevant now with Christian and Darby kind of feuding over it more. And now Christian having it and, and Darby moving on and Christian defending it. I'm for it. Let's do that. Okay, actually, my sixth and final stunning question. We are six days away from AEW New Japan Pro Wrestling for Wrestle Dream. This card is loaded. How excited are you for this card and I know you're willing to give $50 away, right? Yep. Oh, I was willing after uh, the Danielson's ESJ uh, announcement. And that was the first one. And I was like, damn it, Tony. <laughs> but oh my God, Hangman Swerve, Danielson, uh, Sabre Jr., FTR and Aussie Open. Oh my God, already. I can't even believe this card, honestly. <laughs> like we just had... Forbidden Door not that long ago. We just had All In, then All Out, and now this. Like, what? I know, and now they added Eddie Kingston versus Shibata. Both titles are on the line. He just taught, he was just like, oh yeah, and then we're gonna throw Eddie Kingston versus Katsuyori Shibata. And then, the four-way tag match that they just like, they, they, I feel like they didn't even announce that. I feel like they just showed us down at the bottom. It's like the Young Bucks, the Lucha Brothers, <laughs> What? Here we go. This card's going to be insane. Exactly. Now, let's give you guys a heads up. Next week's episode of Ready Free for Fresh Wrestling will be coming out on a Tuesday because we want to cover Wrestle Dream as soon as we possibly can. So we'll be a day late next week with the podcast. But I'm pretty sure we're going to have a lot to talk about, Ashley. 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. This card is is phenomenal. Okay, so we're moving on to a brand new segment. It's me and Ashley as we run down our top five matches that you need to go back and watch from last week's professional wrestling. It's RFPW's top five moments of the week. And Ashley, since you're the new person on the show, what was the first match you want to talk about? All right, I got two from last night's show from Collision that we got to talk about. Danielson Starks. <laughs> Brutal. Bloody. Starks continues to look phenomenal in the ring with Brian Danielson. I love it. Um, let's push him to the moon. If if this is truly Danielson's final countdown, I, I just wanted him to rest for a few weeks before Wrestle Dream. And instead, he was like, I'm going to have a Texas death match. <laughs> All right. I, I love him. I'll take it. Just just be good for Wrestle Dream. That's all. Please. <laughs> you know, I was like going, these guys had two hella matches already. And they decided, oh, the third one, let's just make it a Texas, Texas death match. And I'm going like, do you really need a stipulation on this match? And part of me wanted to see Ricky Starks get another victory. I know he already had two kind of tainted victories, hill tacket victories over Daniel Bryan, and he needed to get a little bit back for the American Dragon heading into this matchup with Zack Sabre Jr. But Ashley, good choice. I love this match. It was fun last night. Great. Also from last night, give me more of this. Jay White, Andrade El Idolo, fan has... This is leading into Andrade and Juice Robinson next week, which I'm also very excited about. I genuinely hope this is where maybe possibly the rest of LFI comes back and maybe we get some Bullet Club LFI warfare. I'd be in for that. Um, But otherwise, yeah, go back if you missed this one and watch Jay White and Andrade. Yes, exactly. Actually, you just stole one of my five matches from this past week, but that's (laughs) cool. I'll just have four this week because I was going to talk about Jay White versus Andrade because that match rocked. So good. Oh my God. The Ass Boys, Juice Robinson, Cardblade, everybody. Perfect. <laughs> yes. And having Cardblade on commentary with, with um, Juice Robinson was just great. I was like, Juice is on a whole different level. He's playing with a whole different deck of cards. Juice is legitimately one of the most entertaining wrestlers I can think of right now. So let me go to my first match of the week for you. I'm going all the way back to Monday Night Raw, and I'm going to Drew McIntyre versus Jey Uso. It's the main event, and it's basically continuing the feud of this bloodline versus Sammy, Drew, and Kevin Owens. And in this case, Drew is trying to settle his score with Jey Uso because Jey accidentally super him a few weeks ago. And it's a fine match. It's a great match, and of course, Judgment Day comes down there. They're trying to recruit Jay Uso to their cause to join Judgment Day. And he super kiss each member of the Judgment Day. So clearly you're sensing Jay Uso as your baby face. But when Judgment Day beats the heck out of Jay Uso, Drew just stands there up the ramp. And I understand why Drew, Drew's staying there. He's going like, dude, you jumped me like a few weeks ago. Then, oh, by the way, back at Class of the Castle, you cost me my desperate world title against Roman. No, I'm not going to save you, but the American Nightmare wears down and saves the day. I did see somebody talking about um, possibly having uh, McIntyre turn heel, and I could see him doing a heel uh, heel character right now. But yeah, Jay, Jay is the guy you're going to push as your baby face. Those reactions are not absolute. Like everybody doing the, you know, like the up and down with him, like push him. 
you you have something like everybody's into it. Everybody's invested and everybody's been invested in the storyline for what, like three years now? Like push the guy and then push him something meaningful. Exactly. I'm like, let's just go ahead and make this happen. And I just love the fact that it was just a little bit of a breadcrumb on these. Will he, won't he, Drew McIntyre heel turn? Because it's a justifiable act by Drew. It You can say, yes, he was acting heel-ish. But if you look at a three-year-long storyline, the dude's just basically saying, hey, you got what you deserve. I'm just going to chill. Yeah, it's like, is he turning heel or is he just kind of letting karma take care of it? You know? Okay, so since I'm at Money Night Raw, I'm going to talk about the other match that you guys need to go back and see. It's Vinci versus Tommaso Ciampa. As Tommaso Ciampa is your next challenger to Gunther for the IC title. And yes, all you Chadaholics out there, I know you love Chad Gable, but we'll get there eventually. But right now, it's Tommaso Ciampa's time to go after Gunther. Please and thank you. That's going to be hard-hitting. Exactly, Ashley. I'm ready for this match. I'm willing to give the WWE some money to see this match happen. So let's go ahead and go on to your next match on your top five list of the week, Ashley. All right. Um... So I'll go with, uh, we'll go to Dynamite, uh, the main event. Fantastic for me. MJF, Samoa Joe. You know, actually, that was a great match, and they got me. I thought maybe, just maybe, either Adam Cole was going to come down there and cost MJF the title, because before the main event, we saw Adam Cole at the quote-unquote hospital with Matt Taven, Mike Bennett, as they're looking at Roddy, and Roddy just slowly rises up in that bed and goes like, are you leaving me, Adam? Really? You're leaving me for MJF? Really? Genuinely confused when people don't like stuff like that in wrestling. Like, you can laugh. It's fine. Like, that was funny. <laughs> it was a dumb little moment. Somebody put, like, Star Wars music from, like, the Darth Vader rising up behind it. It's hilarious. Like, I love that kind of stuff. That was hilarious. Everything... Roddy has done in the past few weeks has been great. And, you know, Adam Cole comes down to the ring. He looks like he injured himself as he's coming off the ramp, trying to jump down onto the floor there. Luckily, I think he's not too injured. I think he did, like, a twisted ankle or something. But over the weekend, he was actually on crushes. But they already announced that he and MJF are going to have a segment on this week's coming up Dynamite leading into Wrestle Dream. Adam Cole helps MJF cheat to beat Samoa Joe, and Samoa Joe's man enough to admit I would have done the same thing, and he shook MJF's hand. Yeah, honestly, I I loved it. This was like this was a great storytelling match for me, and I just from beginning to end, Samoa Joe has been absolutely just on fire this year. Since coming into AEW, I don't think he's missed yet. You know, I feel like this is MJF's best babyface match yet, and. With Samoa Joe, it's the perfect person because Samoa Joe can play one heck of a hill. And to see MJF in that crowd in New York City shake the ropes like the obstinate warrior, it was so great. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. The, the New York crowd behind MJF with this, like, baby face character. I, oh, my God. Keep him this way for the foreseeable future. <laughs> okay, Ashley, we're moving on to my third match of the week that I want you to go back to look at. It's from NXT. It's Tyre Bate versus Pete Dunn. No, I will not call him Butch. It's Pete freaking Dunn. It's their third match in this series they had for the Global Heritage Cup Invitational. And this is a match where Pete Dunn won 
and it advances him to the final. And we eventually down the road and on NXT that Tuesday night, we found out his opponent's going to be Joe Coffey. But this match, Tyler Bate versus Pete Dunne, I don't care if it's 2015, 2017, or 2023. These two guys can go, and you should go watch this match. I'll have to check that one out. If you like Claudio Castanelli versus Eddie Kingston, you're going to like Tyler Bate versus Pete Dunne. Well, I did. I did so much, actually. It's my next match. <laughs> well, lead the way, my friend. Yeah, so opening Grand Slam Dynamite, Claudio and Eddie Kingston beating the absolute hell out of each other, and it ending with the um, with the with the power bomb. Them having the oh Eddie having one of the best moments you can have in professional wrestling. Like, just just awesome for this guy. I'm so happy for him. Me too. And just the fact that Claudio does do the code of honor, but he does it so reluctantly. Like yeah, you beat me. Here's your title. Have a great day. <laughs> I feel like BCC is heel, but they're they're kind of too beloved to be heel, so it's kind of hard to keep them that way. Especially like Brian Danielson gets cheered, Moxley gets cheered, Claudio kind of gets mostly cheered anyway. So perfect moment. I don't know if anybody went back and saw the 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 interview after that Eddie did as well, like directly after the match, but like kind of addressing like, yeah, you know, younger me would have would have told Claudio to go piss off and wouldn't have shook his hand at all. He goes, but I've matured. <laughs> Okay, so I'm going to go to my next match of my top five of the week. And, okay, I want to say this match from SmackDown. And, yes, I know it had one of those, oh, just transition finish. But I'm talking about Oscar versus Eel Sky for the WWE Women's World title. And I know that basically Bailey cost Oscar her chance for this title as she interferes by pulling the leg of Eel onto the rope. And Charlotte Flair knocks out. Um, Bailey, and this causes Asa to stop looking at her opponent and get pinned by Eosai after Eo makes that moonsault of hers. This match was about 20 minutes, and before the finish, it was a great freaking match. It probably was the best women's match this week on American TV. Wow. I have to go back and watch that one then, too. Okay, Ashley, do you have one final match that we need to talk about? Yeah, I quickly, we kind of talked a little about it a little bit. I wanted to talk about the Hung Bucks and the Embassy. I really enjoyed this match on Rampage. I did as well. I mean, I know we already talked about this and whether or not they should have changed the titles over to the Young Bucks and Hangman and the Page. I mean, you could flip a coin here. I could see this going either way, and I could see why Tony wanted to put these titles onto the Young Bucks and Hangman and the Page. Maybe we're just trying to get more eyeballs to that Honor Club service that they got. So why not put, oh, hey, you get to see the Young Bucks and Hangman defend the trio titles for a bit. Yeah, definitely. I'm I'm sure that's definitely a big part of it. I was genuinely a little surprised because with the uh, Swerve and Hangman storyline, I thought maybe they would keep them on, on the embassy for now, maybe Swerve getting like a little more involved or something. But it's also something to kind of further this feud with Hangman and Swerve, so it it works either way, and I'm very excited for Hangman and Swerve at Wrestle Dream. So. You know, it's really interesting. In a week where we had a lot of people come down to watch matches and interfere in matches, Certainly does come down in this match to watch this match and gets almost nose to nose to Hangman Adam Page, but he doesn't cause an interference at all. I mean, like they actually put this better than the WWE did. Yeah, I thought it was like a very interesting choice to kind of have him watch, and now it's something he's gonna kind of stew over over the you know over the course of the next you know leading up into into uh, WrestleMania next week. You know, the one question I have about this actually coming out of that match, we already know that 
Spurs Footland doesn't take losses by his crew too well. And oh, by the way, AR Fox got kicked out of the group. So does this mean that maybe the gates of Agity and Brian Cage might be looking for another leader of for them to have a faction? Or will Spurs Footland go like, oh, this is okay. I'm going to handle it myself and I'll beat Hangman and Page. I don't know. I don't know if they're ready to quite yet to set up, send off Gates of Agony onto something on their own. Uh, Brian Cage, he could go on his own, I think, at any point. He's, he's you know, been established and everything. I would hope they kind of keep him with Swerve at least for a little longer. Yeah, I want to see them stay with Swerve, and I maybe want to see Swerve take the win because he needs a, a big win. Yeah, exactly. Swerve needs a victory. I feel like over the summer, he's been eating too many L's. And I feel like Heyman Adam Page can take one L here. It's in Seattle. It's basically home turf for Swerve Strickland. It makes sense. This is the beginning of the feud here. Swerve can cheat to win. And we kick this on down to another AEW pay-per-view coming up in probably November. Full gear. Yeah. Yeah, I'm for that. Swerve and Hangman is going to be phenomenal. And I want them to give it a little more like promo time. Oh, yes. Yeah. Swerve certainly deserves a lot of promo time. And Heyman Page is not bad either. He's really developed over the last three years in AEW with his promo skills. For sure. Okay, Ashley, I got one final match, even up my five for the week. And it comes from Rampage. It's Julia Hart versus Sky Blue. And I just love the fact that Julia Hart has yet again defeated Sky Blue. She's on this 25 match winning streak. And while I was watching this match, I go like, Okay, she has this 25 match winning streak. She needs a title match. And literally, after this match, they go, like, Oh, hey, Chris Sattler versus Julia Hart at WrestleDream. I'm like, Yes, please. And thank you. Yeah, Julia's been kind of quietly killing it with not much fanfare around it. Her in ring since joining House of Black has just been phenomenal. That suplex she did, like off the in, she like held onto the ropes. That was so cool looking. And then she did like the whole spring like into the the like backflip like man that cheerleading stuff and her just natural athleticism wow like perfect like Malachi Black and Buddy Murphy and Burry King must be having like a hell of an influence because she's looked great actually I went to a point where I'm thinking like maybe Brian Pillman Jr. and Griff Garrison were holding her back I think she may have kind of hinted at that without saying it too much uh, when. Everything kind of got shaken up at first. But um, if if that's the case, like, you can see the difference. It's night and day. Exactly. I mean, I like me some Brian Pillman Jr., but literally out of those three people I just named, she has become the biggest winner, biggest star of that trio. Fantastic, man. That was a good match. And, you know, I love me some Chris Statletter, but there's part of me wants to go like, Jillian needs some gold. Okay, Grant, I know... Chris Sattler only had this title for a few weeks, maybe a month and a half now. I kind of want to see it on Julia. Yeah, kind of have her be like the little, uh, like the kind of gold holder of the House of Black. That would be cool. And that is a little fact that how Brody King comes down to every match as he's like the big muscle to Julia Hart. It's basically a Shawn Michaels and Kevin Nasser scenario here, and she plays it perfectly. Yeah, like her standing behind Brody King before spraying the mist was like, Perfectly. <laughs> so that is our top five matches that you need to go back to watch from this past week of professional wrestling. Very quickly, want to shout out. I, they were fine, and I want. I think people should go back and watch them. But they were just fun. 
the one that wasn't particularly announced until later in the day was Orange Cassie, Statlander, and Hook versus uh, Daddy Magic, Cool Hand Ange, and Anna Jay. And I would like just more of that, please. I like intergender tag wrestling and stuff like that and intergender wrestling in general. Like, that was great. I want to see some more of that. That was just a fun match if you're into that kind of stuff. And then um, if you're into very technical stuff, uh, on Ring of Honor this week, Katsuyori Shibata and Nick Wayne had a very good match on Ring of Honor. Okay, Ashley, after we get done recording here, I need to fire up my Honor Club and go see a match. Oh, yeah. No, that was good. And to go back to your um, trios uh, match that you mentioned with Anna J and 2.0, I love the match. I just hated the fact that another L, I feel like those three are so good together. I kind of feel like maybe... Orange Cassidy, Hook, and Chris Statlander could afford the loss there if you wanted to just do some a funny finish. Because we saw Jake Hader ba- basically take out Orange Cassidy. So you had an opportunity there for the Hills to get a pin and go like, okay, they got a pin because they cheated and the baby faces got destructed. Yeah, no, that would have made a lot of sense. And I, I definitely could have seen him going that way. Orange Cassidy then losses though. And he's a dude that... He w- he wins a lot. It's okay that he takes a loss once in a while, especially if it's like you said, like a, a funny finish, like cheating or something happening. Yeah, and I mean, like it was a for a two-hour recorded um, professor wrestling card. That rampage was really, really good. Yeah, and I was like I said, like I just I genuinely love intergender matches, and they've had only like maybe a handful in AEW, and I've thought that most of them were very good. So I wish they would do a little bit more of that. Well, maybe just maybe we'll see this feud continue on during the fall here on AEW. But I'm hoping they keep the Anna J Appreciation Society together because these four of them are pretty freaking awesome together. Yes, yes, keep them together. I, they, I think those two helped out Daniel Garcia a lot, and I think they could really help Anna J. I think so too. And the fact that I was wondering where Jake Hager would go after breaking away from Jericho. And him being their kind of like goopy bustle, it kind of fits. Yeah. Okay, so let's go to our main event as we break down AEW New Japan Pro Wrestling Wrestle Dream 2023. Coming to you this coming Sunday, live from Seattle, Washington. What's on tap? The guys give you their picks on what you can't miss this week. Ashley, kick us off for us. Where do you want to start? All right, so let's start where where they started. Brian Danielson, Zack Sabre Jr., let's go. I can't wait for this. Ashley, if you don't like this match, there's something wrong with you and you turn in your wrestling card because this is basically every technical wrestling fan's dream match. This is something we've been wanting to see for the last eight years or so because there's a short time when Zack Sabre Jr. was in the WWE with Brian Danielson, and they never had a chance to work together underneath that company, and now we get to see it. It was only six days away, and with the with the the matches these guys have been putting on, I f- I fear this could be match of the decade. <laughs> I gotta say, if this is the main event of Wrestle Dream, I'm perfectly happy with this being the main event of Wrestle Dream. Thank you very much. Yeah, I it would fit for sure. And Ashley, who do you think comes out of this dream matchup with a victory? This is tough. I'm a Danielson fan. I want it to be Danielson. But I could see I could see Zack Sabre taking it. Danielson can just beat Okada. <laughs> that's, that's nothing small. 
I could see I could see uh, New Japan getting one back from Zack Sabre Jr. taking this. You know, I can see Zack Sabre Jr. winning this, and I'm going to take Zack Sabre Jr. to beat Brian Danielson here. <laughs> but my thing is, like you, Ashley, I feel like this is the start of something with those two gentlemen, and maybe we get to see this at Wrestle Kingdom in January, and that's where the American Dragon gets his victory on his farewell tour as he gets to wrestle at Wrestle Kingdom. Let's go ahead and do this too. Why not? Yes. And New Japan finally coming to Android and other devices. I can finally get my subscription back. Let's go. <laughs> okay. So let's just slide on down here to a match we've been talking about for the last probably 20 to 30 minutes. It's Heyman Adam Page versus Stroh Strickland. And this should be a sleeper match of the night. And if Brian Danielson and Zack Sabre Jr. wasn't on this card, they might have an easier opportunity to be match of the night. But unfortunately, they have to deal with the other match. I genuinely just kind of think any matches could be match of the night. So Hangman and Swerve definitely has potential to be match of the night. This is like a new fresh matchup that we haven't seen. Two guys that everybody gets behind. No matter who, like, you got, you got your cowboy shit chance, you got your who's house chance. I can't wait for this one. Okay, I know that you're a big Heyman Adam Page fan, so I want to go ahead and ask this question. Who are you taking to win? I love Hangman, but I think I'm going to take Swift to win this one. Wow, Ashley, this approached me. I thought you were going to hang with your guy there. but I'm- Oh, I love my guy, but I think I love Swift too, and his character has eaten a lot of big L's in some big matches lately. And I think Hangman kind of eating the first big L in the in in this could start like a really big feud between them. And I would love to see this be like a long term thing. Okay, so you tucked me into it. I was kind of already going to take Strickland, so I'll take Swerve to win this match. And I feel like this is going to be the match that kicks Strickland up to the main event level, and maybe down the road after MJF settles all his feuds, he's the next person MJF battles for that AEW World Title. Yeah, I would love that. I just want to see, I want to see Swerve back it up after that promo because I loved that promo against Hangman. So I want to see him like kind of win off that, get some momentum. It's not really going to hurt Hangman. Hangman's now a champion, you know, like he's got belts, so he's going to have his card's going to be full regardless. And, and it'll boost up Swerve into that, hopefully, that main event shot picture. So exactly. So, Ashley, what match do you want to talk about next? How about FTR and Aussie Open? It's like all these matches is a dream match after a dream match. And this is a match like a year after their New Japan Pro Wrestling Wrestle Kingdom five-star classic. I mean, like, yes, sign me up, please. Thank you. Yeah, I they just they were just like, here, have this match, have this match. Like, it's nothing. FCR, I like this, like, kind of like the, the little showcases they've had over the past few weeks with the kind of like lesser known tag teams. And I think this day is... Regardless of whether they win or not, I think this is a good chance for Aussie Open to kind of rehab their image a little bit. They've taken some, like, we we kind of spoke about it a few weeks ago and stuff, some, like, losses that we felt maybe they shouldn't have been taking. This one, at least if they take a loss here, it makes sense. If not, I don't think it hurts them in any way. And they'll have the opportunity to show everybody they can hang with one of the best tag teams, if not the best tag team in the I'm right there with you, Ashley. I know for the last couple of weeks that I've been pounding this desk here going like, Aussie Open has eight to me L's, but it's FTR. It, you know, it's a little bit different. It's like you're stepping up to the final boss in the video game. It should be harder. And I got a feeling that you're not going to put the titles on Aussie Open just yet because we need to talk a 
tell a little bit more stories with FTR with this AEW title run they got going on. So give me FTR to be Aussie Open and a excellent match. Yeah. Yeah, I think that'll be it too. And like you said, definitely losing to Jericho and Sammy is definitely not on the same level as losing to FTR. So at least they'll get to show out and and, and put up against one of the, the best tag actual tag teams in the world. Exactly. Well, we're talking about tag teams here, Ashley. Why don't we just go to the Rena Otter tag team title match on this card as we have Better Than You, Baby, MJF, and Adam Cole face off against the Righteous. Who you got? I'm I'm taking Better Than You, Baby. The Righteous was kind of a surprising choice with some of the names we had in that um in that four-way match for the win. Unless this is the tag team to bring it back to the tag titles back to ROH, I just see Better Than You, Baby winning. You know, I was with you because going into that Rampage episode, I was going like, this is a team that's going to eat the pin and whoever pins them is the team going to face off against Adam Cole and MJF. I didn't see the Righteous being the ones to actually win this match, but here we are. We got the Righteous versus MJF and Adam Cole. Vincent and Dutch, I like their look. I like them when they were back in the original Rant Honor. They were a pretty cool faction. But I'm with you. I don't think they're the faction to take the titles off of the guys yet. And no, I don't want to see the turn here yet. This is not the time for the turn. No, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do it in this match. Okay, Ashley, what match do you want to talk about next? Eddie Kingston, Katsuyori Shibata. Exactly. This is everybody's new favorite dream match. They didn't know they needed until they was announced on Collision 30 Nights. Just what a match to just be able to be like, oh yeah, and we're just going to throw that one on there too. Eddie Keith is putting up both his titles against Shibata. So Shibata could literally leave Seattle with three title belts. I'm so excited, man. That There's going to be like a little bit of added, like kind of like, you know, oomph in there from Eddie too, because um when they had that tag match at the last pay-per-view, uh, Eddie got left a little high and dry while Katia Shibata was uh, choking out Yuta. Exactly. They had that match with Yuta and Costa Katanoe. And unfortunately for them, Shibata was a little too tied up with Yuta in the ropes there and couldn't help Eddie, and Eddie took the pin there. So maybe this is the match where Eddie gets a little bit of vengeance back, and he beats Shibata and put that better in his cap like, oh, by the way, I beat Claudio, check. I beat Shibata, check. Is Eddie Keaton male wrestler of the year 2023, Ashley? I think Eddie Kingston is having like the year of his life because he's just doing he's checking off so many things i mean like the, the fighting in you know wrestling in japan he gets just championship after championship winning it in his hometown now we get thing to wrestle like pretty much his his pick of like japanese wrestling legends man what a life he's living right now exactly so let's go over to a trio match that we didn't know was gonna happen until rampage and it was interesting because Sammy Guevara's down at ring with Don Callis explaining why he joined Don Callis and his family. And Chris Jericho comes up to attack Sammy. They beat them down. And not in a million years did I think Kenny, oh my God, Omega was going to be the gentleman to come down to save Chris Jericho. But here we are. Yeah, I I kind of figured Kenny might come out or I was thought maybe we would see kind of Kota Ibushi make, a, make an AEW return. I'm very happy that Sammy has joined Don Callis. I think that was kind of a good move for him. So I like this turning on Jericho. And I very much like the like this whole thing like stemming back to like Jericho and Omega to begin with. Now coming 
all the way these years later where they have to come together because of Don Callis again, but for a different reason. And now they have to take on all these younger guys that Don Callis is trying to basically replace them with. Exactly. It's kind of like Les, Lu- Les Luthor and Superman joining forces to fight an even greater evil. Yeah. And Don Callis is, is apparently the ultimate wrestling evil because I, I can't even hear that dude on TV when he speaks. <laughs> the only thing... I, okay, so this match is... Chris Jericho, Kitty Omega, Ibushi versus Will Frickin' Osprey, Semi Guevara, and Takesha. Yeah. Okay, sure. Let's add this match too, because we're just giving everybody a cover color of professional wrestling now. Both of these trios are insane. So like for like different reasons. <laughs> this this again, this could be match of the night. <laughs> you know, actually I'm like thinking about this match. I'm trying to figure out who eats the pin here. And I got a feeling I want to take Team Jericho Omega and, and Ibushi to defeat the Don Callis family. And I'm hoping Will Ospreay does not take the pin. No, I I want them to win as well. Maybe Sammy eats the pin or maybe Takeshita. Uh, he has a couple of big wins on Kenny Omega. So having him eat a pin wouldn't be like very damaging, I don't think, especially here. I mean, it's Ibushi, Kenny Omega, and Chris Jericho. <laughs> Taking a loss to any of those guys isn't really uh, a ding. Exactly. And one other thing I want, Ashley, I want Kenny Omega to come out as the cleaner, and I want Chris Jericho to come out as a pain maker. This is good go all for it. Yeah. Yes. Do it. I want I want crazy entrances. I'm so excited. It probably is the one match that I'm most excited to see how they book and get around some things. Because I was thinking, coming into this week, I didn't think I would want to see Chris Jericho, Kenny, o- Chris Jericho, Kenny Omega, Will Ospreay, Ibushi, all in the same freaking match on this card. I thought they would have like individual matches. This is so much. I, it's so much star power in one match. It's not okay. So let's talk about the the match that maybe I was thinking could be a surprise sleeper as well. It's going to be yet another chance for Darby Allen to. Gained a TNT title away from Christian Cage. It's the best two out of three falls. Is there any way for Darby Allen to leave Seattle with this title? Or is probably the year Christian Cage going to hit on Nick Wayne's bomb? I'm pulling for Christian. I want Christian to win. I He just won it. I want him to. This character is too good. I need him to be the TNT champion. TNT needs him to be the TNT champion. <laughs> you know, he needs to keep this title until a point where Adam Copeland Edge comes into AEW. And Adam Copeland is the gentleman to be Christian for the TNT title. Let's go ahead and book it. <laughs> okay, so the next match we're going to talk about is Chris Statlander versus Julia Hart. It was announced on Collision that she's going to have this TBS title match opportunity after her 25-win match streak is going here. Ashley, try to convince me that Julia Hart can actually make it 27 and get some gold here. I love Statlander, but I wouldn't be opposed to Julia winning here. Statlander doesn't really seem to have a set defined like storyline with anybody with the championship. So it's, it always makes like any big defense like this, like, oh, she could lose it here. You know, I was thinking, Tony Storm doesn't have a challenger at the moment. We could easily move Chris Statlander over to the AEW Women's World title feud with Tony Storm and give Julia Hart a chance at the TBS title. Yeah. I Julie Hart, I think, would be perfect for the TBS title. The House of Black is just very, they're very like 
everything is aesthetic and, and, and like big and showy and like it's perfect for like, you know, it's why they were great uh, trios champions and everything. So Julia Hart, we've talked about how her in-ring has been phenomenal over the past couple of weeks. We perfect for a TNT, uh, TBS championship run. And you need maybe one title change on this card. And I got a feeling Chris Stetler lose this title wouldn't do much to Chris Settler's popularity in AEW. No, no. I mean, like I said, when she came back from injury and everybody still had the the reaction that they did, I don't think she lost any of the, the momentum she had been building before she got injured. So he's only come back and built on it now. So like you said, move her up a little bit, have her feud with Tony Storm a bit or something, and, and let maybe Julia take over. I, I would be perfectly fine with that. Okay, so the last match that we need to talk about is the final match on the card. It's for a, it's a four-way tie match for a AEW world title shot down the road. We have the Guns, Austin and Colton, the Lucha Brothers, Orange Cassidy and Hook, and the Young Bucks. Who are you taking? You got a one and four chance to get in this right, unless you're Scott Saturday, you have like a 135 divided by 24 divide two chance. <laughs> uh, I... Another one, they were just like, I don't, I think they just showed this at the bottom of the screen and they were just like, here, this match is on the card too. Like, what? Um, <laughs> Young Bucks and the Lucha Brothers in a tag match again. Um, I would love to pick them. I think I'm narrowing it more down between the Young Bucks and the Guns, though. Well, here, I'll do you one favor. I'm taking the Guns. I'm going Gun Cub, baby. Bang, bang. <laughs> yeah, especially now with the Young Bucks. Okay, yeah. Young Bucks is Trio's champions now. Give me some Juice Robinson helping them out and give me the, the, the guns. Exactly. It'd be a great opportunity to see the Gun Brothers get back to the AEW World titles. And oh, by the way, if FTR can keep the titles out of Wrestle Dream, who better to take them off of FTR than Colton and Austin? Yes. And I think, I think what's great is when they first won the tag team titles, I don't think many people felt it was right like the right time for them or you know they weren't necessarily behind it but i feel like they've done so much over like since revolution essentially to kind of win everybody over that i think getting them back in the title picture i think people would be a little more open and receptive to it exactly and that has been your aew wrestle dream preview here on radio free professional wrestling and before we go ashley where can we find you during the week when you give away all these amazing wrestling takes I'm on Twitter. It's um, at Groovy underscore Ash underscore. And ladies and gentlemen, you can always follow us RadioFreePW.com or on Twitter at RadioFreePW. You can find me on Twitter at RFPWSean. And until next week, I hope you have a stunning week and enjoy your professional wrestling. Ashley, are you coming back next week for episode number two? Yes. I'm so happy to have you aboard and I gotta say, maybe we should start calling this the Radio Free Professional Wrestling Gold Error. Christina here. On behalf of the guys, thanks for listening. Like the show? Do us a favor and share it with a friend. Have a stunning question? Email it to the show at radiofreeprowrestling at gmail.com. Until next time, this has been Radio Free Pro Wrestling. Stay stunningly.